Matthew chapter number 8 tonight. Let's start reading in verse number 14. Y'all pray for my throat, my sinuses, my brain, and all the attachments. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. Notice what's going on now. She arose and ministered unto them. When the eve was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that they might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Brother Richard Robinson, do the honor, brother. Amen, amen. I got to thinking this season that we're in, and I got to thinking about the times that Jesus touched folks. We're ever in a season when we need a touch from God. I'm talking about a literal, physical touch from God, amen, that you can feel. I know Jesus, when the lady uh, snuck up behind him and touched the hem of his garment, he said, I felt the virtue, the power, leave him. <clears throat> so if he felt that, then we ought to be able to feel the virtue come into us. We see here that he touched her in, in verse 15, said, and he touched her hand and the fever left her. I don't know about you, but his hand is a healing hand. Now you think about what I said. If you read on down there a little bit, he cast out the devils just by the word, but he touched for the healing to come. I, I thought that was one reason that, that I wanted to preach this tonight. He got personal and touched her. It's personal. I, I remember when I went to Jamaica the first time and went up to Beulah Baptist Church and they were astonished that a white man would touch them. Literally. They even said that from the pulpit. Said this is the first white man that's ever touched us, ever kissed us, ever hugged us. And I thought, well, that's just me. But think about when Jesus touched, healing came. When Jesus spoke the word, the demons had to flee. But healing came when he touched. So I thought that was just something beautiful. He saw a need. If you see there, he said and when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And all he had to do was touch her hand. Wasn't no great big prayer. Wasn't no great big show like you see on television. All these great healers going at it on television. No, he just touched her and the fever left. Why? Because of who he was and what he was. Amen. Turn with me in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 31. Let's start reading in verse number 28 if you will. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Are you with me? You see what's happening? 
And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Are you with me? Say amen. And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Again, we see the hand touching, saving. Peter called out, save me, Lord, and that hand touched him. How many realize when you got down and got saved, that hand touched you, brought you out of that storm? Did you notice when they both got on the boat, the wind ceased? I wish I could say that'd be all right in your life when you got saved. That old blowhart, the devil, quit, but he ain't going to quit. He ain't going to quit till his time's over with. Mark chapter number 10, verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Are you with me? Say amen. You know, that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that churches in general do is not take care of the little ones. It doesn't matter if that little comes to the altar every single service. Don't never discourage them from coming to the altar. They might come up there and be silly and laugh, but one day they'll come up there and get what they really need. Don't never discourage one. And we're bad for that. Say amen. We're bad to say, don't go up there. You went up our lifetime. Don't do that. You need to be reverence. Well, there's a time we need to be reverence, but we need to allow our children to come. Jesus said, forbid them not. What did he do? Took them up in his lap and laid his hands upon them and blessed them. Wouldn't you like for your children to be blessed by the hands of the Almighty through his Son? Now think about that. What better place could you be sitting than in the lap of Jesus Christ and his hands laid upon you? Why, you'd strut like a peacock if your daughter or son got to do that. Say amen. Amen. You sure would. We ought to be proud that our children know what an altar is and feel that they can go to it. Turn with me. In the book of Luke, I about got it whooped. Y'all just keep praying. Luke, if you will, chapter number five. Are you there? Let's try starting in verse number 12. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And he put forth his hand and done what? And touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Now listen, and he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded 
for a testimony unto them. How many people, listen carefully, how many people do you know that said I'm saved and you've never heard them confess it? You get to pressing them, oh, I'm saved. Well, you ain't never said nothing about it till I pressed you on it or put you in a position where you had to say something, right? I, I truly don't believe they got it. I believe if you get it, your hand, your body, yourself has been touched by God's hand, you're going to have to tell it. You're going to have to tell somebody, he touched me. He touched me. And you'll probably have to tell how he touched you, where he touched you, when he touched you, and how it felt when he touched you. But I, I don't know about these folks that keep it a secret. That's, that's hard for me to believe that you got saved when it's a secret. When your life hasn't changed. When you haven't given a report lately of how God touched you. Uh, listen, I know people that's been in blessed services where people are running shouting healing has come and they never utter a word outside the church of what happened in the church. I'll tell you what, I doubt you got the real thing. I want to tell somebody what went on at my church. When God shows up and shows out, I want to tell somebody. Like the other Sunday night, when God showed up, amen, and I didn't get to preach, I like to tell folks that. God showed up, people got to minding God, and I got to sit in the gravy bowl a little while. Amen. Don't you like telling that? Don't you like telling how God saved you? That crazy Glenn Griffith got me on the plane about the second or third time we went to Jamaica and he was sitting right across the aisle. He said, Preacher, tell me one more time how God saved you. Well, he knowed what he was doing. He got me excited and I was up and shouting and praising the Lord in that plane and half the plane looking at me like I didn't have a brain in my head. And the other half was shouting because there's 30 some of us in there in the same group and they was all hollering, Sick him, Lord. And the others in there was hollering, shut him up, Lord. And Glenn, agging it on the whole time. But if your salvation don't excite you, I don't believe you ever got a hold of what I got a hold of. I got a hold of the real thing, and it made a real difference in me. Amen. Somebody shout right there. <coughs> I wish I could. Amen, anyhow. Luke chapter number 7, verse 14. And he came and touched the bear, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. <laughs> and he delivered him to his mother. You know this story, right? Here we are to funeral procession. Now I'll tell you something. I've been to funerals where it was the most saddest thing that ever was, and I'll tell you why. Because they didn't have no hope. They knew that person laying in that casket was not where they ought to have been with God, and that, that, that's one of the saddest places you'll ever be is when they're weeping and mourning over a loved one. We had one right here at this church, a, a group of people asked me, could they have 
really just a memorial service. All they had was pictures and the urn. And I said, as long as I can sit in there with you, I will. And there's a half a dozen, and that crowd kept coming in and running out of crying, coming in, running out of crying. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, neither one of them has the assurance. Neither one of them. Talking about the one in the urn and the one that was leaving. That's sad, isn't it? That people walk up here and have no hope of ever seeing that loved one again. Here we are in a funeral. Jesus comes by, touches it, says, get up from there. Christian, that ought to give you hope tonight. Because one day he's going to tell us all to get up, ain't he? His voice says, going, come up hither. I'm leaving here. You can stay in the grave if you want to. Amen. You can stay here on earth if you want to, but I'm leaving here. When I hear that voice saying, come up hither, hey, my sheep will know my voice. When I hear his voice, I'm leaving here. You can say if you want to. But can you imagine that mother? Now listen to me. Even though we have hope of eternal life in the dead and in ourselves, if one got up from the dead, they'd still be a great joy there, wouldn't they? That they were able to come back. We're talking about a mama. A mother's love is different. You know that mother went from weeping and sobbing to weeping and sobbing for joy. I guarantee you she was uncontrollable. And all it took was a touch and the voice. Get up! You going to stay in the grave? I got news for you. When that voice sounds, every one of them going to get up out of that grave. Go to be judged, whether good or evil. Every deed done in that body. But wouldn't you like to be in a funeral possession when the rapture takes place? <laughs> I'm going to stretch it just a little bit. Stay with me. Don't let me lose you. I wonder what all them other denominations that don't believe in the rapture is going to think. <laughs> I'd like to see their face, Chris, when they're driving by the graveyard and the graves go to busting open and them saints are getting up to meet the Lord in the air. Wouldn't you just like to be standing there just for one second? Because they're going up first and then we're going up behind them if we're alive. Wouldn't you like to be there and just see the faces of the non-believers? Now think about that. You ain't going to have but a split second. Split second sometime sure burns it in your memory, don't it? Why? That hand touched me. I knew it touched me. I knew he was calling my name and I went to an altar and repented of my sin. Luke 13, verse number 13. And he laid his hands on her and immediately... She was made straight and glorified God. You need to read a few of them verses there. I saw this just the other night. I didn't fully understand this till I saw this on television the other night. This lady in a foreign country, 
Her head was against her knees all of her life. She was grown and had walked that way all of her life. And they said something like 40 surgeries to get her to where she could stand up straight. That's what's in this scripture. And Jesus come by and touched her. Didn't need no surgeries. She stood up. And that became so real to me the other night when that come on television and that poor woman had looked at her shoes all of her life, been bent over in that shape all of her life, and there she was standing up. Now she had steel from her neck all the way down to hold her up because they had to break all them bones and straighten her up and fuse them together. Men beard in some in here knows what it's all it's about. Then you think about Jesus just touching. I just wonder this. I wonder if the bones cracked and popped as she stood up. I mean, I know I wonder things like that. Nobody else wonders. But I know how my back done. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine that kind of touch from God Almighty? That everybody has seen you that way all of your life. And here comes a man. Puts his hand on you. And you stand up straight. Well, if he can raise the dead, what's the difference in a crooked back? If he can walk on water, what's the difference in a crooked back? If he can put sight to the blind, what's a crooked back? But see, we're seeing demonstrations of just his hand touching. Boy, I'd like to have a touch, wouldn't you? Do you ever get a desire for the Holy Ghost just to touch you? I go to church sometime just praying, God, just touch me. I just want to feel a touch from heaven above, amen. I want to get carried away in the Spirit, Lord, just a little while. Put sight in these eyes. Put joy in these bones, amen. Give me something, Lord, that I've been wanting for a while. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hello? Ain't nobody want that tonight. I'd like to see God touch this crowd one time. I'd like to have to get about 25 blankets. Slain in the spirit. Look like we are <laughs> getting ready for a graveyard. Oh, y'all don't like that tonight. God, don't touch me that way, Lord. Well, if they don't want it, God, give it to me. If they don't want to touch from heaven, God, give it to me. Revelation chapter number 1, verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches, and the seven golden candlesticks, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest 
are the seven churches. You ready for revival? His hand can bring revival. We need that touch. And without his touch, you can go completely through all the motions and never have Jesus. How many times have we, every time I think on that, I think of Mary Gillum. You say, preacher, why does that come to mind? Well, she testified she sat in church five years and thought everything was good. And God convicted her. And she got right. She was a good person and she was a good member the whole nine yards. But she just hadn't fully surrendered all to God. So that tells me that even though we see the touch of Jesus on others, we may not have it. We may not have that touch. Let's think about it. If you remember what the Lord said about if these miracles had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. Here they have been done in front of you and you don't even believe I've come from God. I'm a good prophet and that's about the size of it. Where have you put Jesus? Where is he really in our life? Is there something that we need? Maybe there's, there's one more scene that we need to play to tie it all together. I couldn't help but when I was sitting there watching that play, think of Max in John 3.16. I don't know why, but I thought of Max in John 3.16. That's probably one of the best plays we ever put on in this church. Amen. Max fit that part so well. I just don't understand, he said. I can still hear his voice, can't you? I just don't understand, John 3.16. Boy, it sure makes a cold boy warm, a hungry boy fed. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand it. What things are in your life that you need to put in there? You say, preacher, everybody in here is saved. Only you know that. Only you truly know that. And I wouldn't want to miss an opportunity to give an invitation to come and know the Lord Jesus Christ, especially with Christmas right around the corner. Good to see you, baby. I love to see my girls and boys come. It blesses this old preacher. But I tell you one thing that struck this message in my heart was little Isaac back there. You hit him and the first thing he wants to do is grab your fingers and hold on. And I thought about the hands of Jesus wanting to touch us, wanting to heal us, wanting to help our faith, strengthen our walk. But do we really want him to touch us? Now think about that. How many saw these miracles and still did not believe? Wasn't long as hollering crucify him, wasn't it? Crucify him. We'd rather have that robber. Crucify him. Uh, what about walking on water? What about the blind heel? What about uh, the lame walking? Oh, we'd rather have that murderer. Mm-mm. 
church where we at tonight. Just stand. I know this ain't been much tonight, but it's what God gave me to give to you. I want to ask you a serious question tonight. Do you really, really want the hand of God to touch you? What do you want him to touch you for? Healing? Wisdom? Strength? Peace? Joy? Understanding? All of those things could be in this building tonight. Is every head bowed and every eyes closed? If you need to slip up here and pray, would you do that? Just slip up here and pray. God, I need a touch. God, I desire a touch. I want my church to be touched. I want my family to be touched, God. I want them to be touched with salvation or conviction, one God. If they're out of the will of God, Lord, touch them with that convicting hand. Be merciful, Lord. Father, hear our cries tonight as we come before you, begging you and pleading you, God, to touch us. Touch us with that hand, Lord. That would reveal unto us exactly what we need tonight. Father, we are blessed tonight to be able to come. Lord, our bodies are weak and weary tonight, but... God, our spirit is reaching out to you. I pray for every one of my members tonight, Lord. Whether they're here or not, I pray for them. I pray a touch from God tonight. Speak to their hearts and their lives. I pray healing for their bodies. I pray, God, that mercy and grace come unto them. God, that we here would have a touch in this auditorium, Lord, where we've come to worship you. God, this place of worship, let the Spirit of God have his reign and his way and his will inside these walls. God, as they come in, may they feel a touch from heaven above, Father. Let those that are lost and undone feel good heavenly Holy Ghost conviction, crying out, come unto me. Those that are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, may they be renewed, re-strengthened, rekindled, joy unspeakable, full of glory. Let the power of the Holy Ghost of God do its will and way in our hearts and lives and glorify you, Father, for we love you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.